On today's Core Vision, I have a great interview for you guys today. University of Toledo's assistant men's basketball coach, Walter Offit. Great interview with Coach Offit. We talk about his playing career and his decision to get into coaching. Great interview with Coach. Here's Coach Offit. On today's Core Vision, I welcome on University of Rhode Island assistant men's basketball coach, Coach Sutton. How are you? On today's Core Vision, I welcome on Coach Offit. Of, he's an assistant coach for the men's basketball Toledo program. How are you, Coach? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Um, how's your weekend going so far? It's going well. It's going well. We had, uh, had a day off uh, today. Um, we played Northwestern Ohio yesterday. So um, and we played Notre Dame uh, this past Thursday. So we haven't had a lot of uh, – it's been a while since our last day off. So the guys got a chance to kind of relax today. We had a community, community service event uh, earlier today, but uh, uh, they got the day off, and then we'll, we'll get back after it tomorrow. So – um, the week is going great. It's going great. That's great. And I know I'm sorry. You guys had a tough one against Notre Dame the other day. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, went into the game, uh, felt really good about it. Really, really felt like we were the better team. Uh, but, um, unfortunately made, you know, a lot of mistakes down the stretch, to, uh, uh, for, you know, to lose a game and for them to win it. So, um, unfortunate circumstances, but, you know, we'll, um, learn from our mistakes and, and uh, keep getting better. That's right. That's right. And you guys seemed like you bounced back pretty well against, you know, Northwestern Ohio, and then you got a pretty big game against Oakland coming up this Saturday. Yep. Yeah. We had, you know, uh, obviously, you know, that Northwestern Ohio team wasn't division one team, but um, going into those uh, games, you want to play well. Uh, you want to execute and do the, the little things well. You want to, uh, you know, not have bad habits. So that's what we, you know, did for the most part. And, Obviously, we got, you know, a week off, basically a whole week off until our next opponent uh, in Oakland uh, when we play them. So we'll get a chance to practice. We'll get a chance to uh, also have uh, the day to spend with our families for Thanksgiving this week as well. So uh, looking forward to that. It sounds like a good, uh, perfect combination of things, especially, you know, getting the day off for Thanksgiving, spending time with your family, but, you know, getting back to it tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you, and usually, to be honest with you, we, we don't, in this business, any time, especially around the holiday season, that you get a chance to spend it with your family, um, that's always something that, you know, that me specifically as a college basketball coach have been doing it for a little bit now, uh, look forward to when I can because in this business with holiday tournaments and uh, different practice times and uh, depending on where you live in the business, you don't, you know, get a chance to spend time uh, with your family a whole lot. So um, it's something I'm looking forward to this week. and. Um, fortunate enough to be able to do yeah definitely I think basketball as well as one of those sports that I think a lot of people don't realize that it runs through our like the two major holidays in our country you know running through Thanksgiving and Christmas Day so it's it's tough when you have games coming up during those weeks you know to spend time with our families yeah yeah especially you know especially basketball um I got you know been in it a little bit and it seems like our sport, uh, in particular, uh, college basketball, um, our season is really, really, really long. Um, meaning, you know, we started official practice in September. You know, if we obviously, you know, if we go, if we ended the season 
that's, you know, hypothetically speaking, we make it to the national championship game or even postseason play, you're not getting done until late March or, you know, beginning of April. That is a long, long, long year of, uh, of basketball. And, uh, you know, doing that, and you know, year after year, and then you end that with recruiting, summer workouts. Now that the NCAA has allowed you to do more in the summer and offseason, um, it turns into a, a really, really long year, yeah. uh, year, you know, year, year round. Uh, you know, as in back in the day, you know, once the, you know, once you hit, you know, the off season, you know, it was off season. You didn't see your guys, you didn't spend time with them. Now it's different. We're we're, we're around our guys uh, for a long, long time throughout the year. Yeah, that's it's true, and it's it's crazy how long, you know, as you mentioned, the seasons are now. It's like any like you had mentioned, if you make it hypothetically to the national championship game, you're not ending until late, you know, early April, late March. Depending on when it ends, it could be mid-April sometimes. I think last year it ran pretty late. If I remember, it was like almost close to mid-April. And then, you know, with the recruiting and everything, it's, it's a long it's, – it is a long year. Long. Yeah, it's long. You know, really long. More so than, you know, even in the NBA where they have – you know, they got a long year. And obviously it's just – NBA is different. Like, during the year it's hard. You're traveling from city to city, different place. But once the NBA, you know, NBA guys, they're off season, they're pretty much in off season mode. You know, yeah. as far as away from it, there's no recruiting in the NBA. It's not, you know, it, you know, it's pretty much done. Yeah. And then obviously in college football, you know, they do once they do one game a week, and you know, after after their regular season game is over, the other than the bowl games, I, I remember when I was in Ohio. And, you know, after, the, you know, the football team would play their last regular season game, depending on when their bowl game is, they, those guys are going home for a little bit. And, they get, and a lot of times they get, you know, they get Christmas or, you know, where, you know whatever their bowl game falls on or e- even if you're, in, or if you're in a bowl game. So, um, obviously, in, in college basketball, is, it's, uh, it, it's a different monster as far as, far as the, the amount of time and the hours you spend not only during the season, but more so, you know, during the season and also out of season as well. That's what makes it very, uh, obviously, challenging for um, your families and, you know, your wife, your kids, if you, you know, if you have kids or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it, it's very true. And I, I feel like if, you know, if you are married or you have family or kids, I'm like, you know, hopefully your wife or kids, you know, understand where, what they have, you know, your wife has married into or what you guys are getting into. And then, you know, obviously you continue off season, you have recruiting and you have other things going on, trying to figure out your starting lineup, looking at film. And it's just, it's a nonstop process. It sounds like basketball never stops on your end. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing sometimes. I mean, basketball is great. You know, like it's obviously for a lot of guys, you know, who play or a coach or it's their first love. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, you know, and that's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a job, you know, but it's also, you know, it's a, it's a job where it's fun to be around the game, fun to be around your guys, uh, fun to get to work with and say you coach basketball as your jet, as your day-to-day job. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it must be, it's gotta be cool in some way to say that you, you know, basketball is your full-time job and, you get to do something that you continue to love and something you grew up and loved. And, you know, 
at coach for you, like at what age did that, you know, that love of basketball start? Um, you know, probably, you know, obviously when I was younger, um, I'm adopted and my parents weren't basketball people. Um, but they did, you know, I did watch basketball, my dad, you know, my dad growing up and, um, and that's probably, that's where I obviously, um, learned the game and learn how to play. And, um, I, you know, and I was good while I was good when I was younger and, um, just, you know, as far as, you know, being, you know, have that natural gift to play. I also, you know, was, had good size and, um, I was actually one of the bigger kids in my, you know, growing up every year in my class. So that obviously that helped. Yeah, that, that, that definitely helps. And, you know, is there like a player or someone that you had, uh, you know, modeled yourself after like, or someone that had like, like influenced you to play the game or like someone that you watched on TV that was like, I want to be like him when I grow up? Uh, you know what, I, you know, I had a couple guys like that, but no one particular guy stood out. Um, I just like to play the game. I, lo- I, I was very competitive and loved to win. Um, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, I, I get it because like when I grew up, I, I, well, I mean, I wanted to be like Michael Jordan, but i I grew up to be five, seven, <laughs> wasn't much, couldn't right, grow much right. taller, <laughs> but I had, a, I had a good jump shot, but it could only take me so far, but. You know, how many hours did you spend in the gym to develop your game and become the player that you were to able to be recruited out of high school? Um, I worked at it when I was younger, but to be honest with you, like I said, I, I had a, you know, God blessed me with the ability. I, I was really, really good. I was younger. And, you know, a lot of it, you know, was just, you know, a God given ability that he blessed me with. Um, and like I said, I was, it helped me that I was 6'2 uh, in yeah. sixth grade. And I really, you know, I probably grown probably another inch, maybe at, be, at best, um, <laughs> uh, since since then. Uh, but that, you know, that th- that's why I was one of the. And I can move, and I can still play, and I can dribble. I can, I can, you know, I can shoot a little bit. I can pass. I can rebound. So obviously, you know, I just have a, you know, a guy given ability at that age when I was younger. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Were you able to dunk in middle school? I did. I think I started dunking. I think is. It was maybe sixth grade was oh my, my first God. dunk. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's unheard of. <laughs> but again, that's I was six two. I was six two in sixth grade. That's that's you know. Crazy. So obviously that helped me, and I obviously could jump and you know stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that definitely helps. That that's crazy. Like like you mentioned that you were six two in sixth grade. So that must have been like so they must have had you playing at the center position in middle school, huh? You know what? Our team, our, we had a good middle school team growing up, and we had other guys that were actually bigger than me at the time, but about like an inch or two. So I really didn't have to. Now they were more. Now they were straight big guys. You know, they. You know, I, I could play center, but I can also play on the wing and play the guard spot because I can also handle the ball a little bit. So I was more. I was, I was obviously could move around a little bit, whereas the other guys that played a little bit taller than me, they could play on the inside. Wow, that's crazy. So, oh my God. So you guys were a big, big middle school team. I feel like if you were to play against my middle school team, you guys would have just towered over us. I think the tallest kid that we, we might yeah, have we was did, like we, we didn't eight. lose a game. No, I can imagine. Yeah, we, we, we didn't lose a game in two years. <laughs> we beat everybody. 
<laughs> so what was it like playing in high school? Did those same, did you guys all say the same like height or did you guys all grow up? Like I, I know you mentioned you grew like an inch, but the guys that played around you, were they like, did they grow at all too? Uh, no, not really. See, that, that's, the, that's, that's the thing with basketball at such a young age. You never know how guys are going to develop. You never know how guys are, are they going to get bigger? Are they going to get taller? Are they, you know, are they quicker? Do they develop their game or talent-wise? You never really know. So uh, we still we still all played and went to the same high school. Um, and our class ended up being good uh, for the most part. Um, and we and we had a you know we had a good team growing up. Probably would have went a little bit further um, if obviously I didn't you know had some injury problems as far as uh, with my ACL, my knee injuries. But um, that probably you know hurt us as, as far as winning the state championship. But it still worked out and everything. We had we had a, we had a good decent career at our time in high school. Oh yeah, that that I can imagine. Oh, that's crazy. I'm sorry to hear about the injuries. Um, you know how you know what was your recruiting press process like? in high school and like do those injuries affect your recruiting process? Uh, a little bit. Um, I, I would say, you know, uh, you know, growing my recruiting started at a very, very young age, uh, just because I was so talented at such a young age. Um, there was some good and bad with that. Um, obviously it's, you know, it's good to get recruited at a young age and in a high level. Um, uh, but it's probably was too early looking back on it. Like it's probably some things I would, you know, wouldn't wouldn't I have done um at that age if I you know went back to the age right now but uh, you know everything happened for a reason but um I ended up committed to Ohio State my sophomore year of high school I tore my ACL my first ACL injury happened my freshman year um and I still came back strong committed to Ohio State my sophomore year yeah um was off and on played off and on was, you know still trying to get healthy um came back healthy played a great junior year of high school in AAU ball and then go from, you know, and then my senior of high school, you know, up for Mr. Basketball, up for um, different things and things of that nature. And I tore my other ACL, my other knee, uh, the second game of my high school season. Oh, man. Uh, so um, it still ended up working out. I still ended up getting healthy. I, I still went to Ohio State. Um, and then I didn't play as much uh, my freshman year and a little bit my sophomore year. And then I decided to transfer to, to Ohio which uh, John Gross, who recruited me at Ohio State, left the summer that I got to Ohio State to take the head job at Ohio University. So, and I ended up, you know, I ended up following him, uh, obviously after, you know, after I transferred. Um, and he's, you know, obviously he's one of the, one of the, one of the best coaches I obviously uh, played for and, you know, and worked for as well. And how was it like, you know, making that transition from Ohio State to Ohio? Like, what was the biggest difference that you felt that, you know, like playing for a, a Big Ten school to going to a Mac school? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, it's the main, obviously, the main thing you think about, you know, it's the, it's the budget, the resources, obviously, compared to, uh, to you know, a Mac school versus a Big Ten school. Um, but other than that, you know, not, not too much other than the fact that, you know, because obviously the one thing that I honestly cared about was getting on the floor and playing um, and, and doing well. So, um, and so that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely did. And, you know, as, you know, you made your transfer to Ohio, you actually helped Ohio make a magical run to the Sweet 16. 
you know, you guys beating Michigan and South Florida, and then, you know, you played North Carolina in the Sweet 16, and you had a great game against them. What was that experience like? Um, it, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life uh, thus far. You know, uh, anytime you can be a part of a team uh, at the, you know, mid-major level especially, and we were, we were a good team. I, we could have beat a lot of teams that year, and we did. Um, but we probably had a group of guys that, you know, that – you know, we 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 all could have played on high major teams. Um, by the time we were a little bit older, I, obviously, you know, me, I transferred from Ohio State. We had a point guard named B.J. Cooper who was really really good. Uh, we had Clark Kellogg's son, Nick Kellogg, that was really really good. Uh, we have a guy named Evo Baltic and Reggie Keeley on the inside that were good. So we had an overall. We had guys off the bench uh, that were good as well. And, you know, we had a great team, and um, uh, we obviously, you know. We finished third in, in the MAC and in the regular season, and we felt like we were the better team in the MAC, and we proved it in the MAC tournament by you know uh, winning uh, three games and three three uh, three games in three days to to obviously advance to the NCAA tournament. And then anytime you get into the NCAA tournament, obviously you know it, it, it's a game of matchups. You know who you who, who are you you know you're playing against, and you know who do you match up well against. And we 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 got a great draw in Michigan, and. Uh, and it's crazy. I said, great draw, Michigan. They, they were cold Big Ten champs that year, but uh, we felt like we matched up well against them, and we went out there. We we we, we, we proved that and uh, won the game. Uh, pretty we pretty much controlled the game the whole uh, whole game. Um, and then you you know you advanced to the second round, where a South Florida team beat upset a Temple team, which was a five. You know, a twelve or a five, I believe. Uh, but um, South Florida was a good team, but. Uh, offensively, they really struggled to score. They're really, really good defensively, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, but we knew if we could score the ball, and me and DJ kind of led the, led the train there as far as helping, you know, pick the team up score-wise. Um, and we were really, really good defensively that year as well. Um, and so we ended up, you know, knocking them off late, late in the game and, and got, got it done. And then, obviously, against Carolina um, – we knew we were overmatched on the inside, and it was obviously a great game. And we knew going into the game, um, one of our assistant coaches told us, and Coach Gross and Dustin Ford told us, "Hey, fellas, we're gonna we're gonna have to hit threes to be in this game." And we and we we hit ten threes, ten, ten I think it was around ten threes, ten plus threes, and left us a chance to be in the game. And um, you know, we had some, you know, we we're, were right there, and. I think about this all the time. We're we're free throw away from going to the lead. I missed a free throw late. My only free throw of the game. I did have a good game, but obviously, if I could have that free throw back, it'd be great. But uh, if I would have hit that free throw, would have put us up one with about eighteen to twenty seconds to go. We had to get one stop, uh, and obviously, I missed that. And then we went into overtime. And anytime you go into overtime like that, and you and you're the underdog, you felt like you needed to get it done in regulation. And, we, you know, it's like, you know, when we, when we got to the overtime, we, were, we felt deflated. You could just feel it. You could sense the energy. And we just couldn't pull it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a good run. Um, you know, obviously, John Gross left after that year to take the Illinois job. Um, and then we got a new coach in Jim Christian who came in and had a real, real hard job to do um, as far as trying to manage um, our whole team that came back. The same guys came back the next year. And we had egos, and we felt like we had all the answers because we, you know, we're coming off a Sweet 16. You know, what are you going to tell a team that's coming off a Sweet 16 and you're going to try to implement your ways of doing things? And it was hard. You know, it was hard. But he, he did a 
he did an unbelievable job uh, with us our senior year, and um, um, I really respect him to this day. And he's one of my uh, one of my mentors that I look up to now. And obviously, he's at Boston College now, but he did, uh, he he's a great coach, great coach. And um, obviously, we you know we we won another MAC title, regular season title, and obviously came up just short the next year of getting back to the tournament. Um, so that was a great experience, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And um, it really has shaped shaped me who I am today as far as, you know, coaching and understanding uh, what certain guys are going through and doing. So it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely sounds like a great experience. I mean, you make it to a 16, and like you said, you make it to an overtime against North Carolina, which is unbelievable for being a mid-major school. And then, like you said, you go into the next year. You guys, unfortunately, don't make the tournament, but it shapes you as a man, it sounded like, and made you to the guy that, you know, the coach that you are today and had uh, had – uh, shaped into what you know a great person that you are today you know after your senior season was done what was your decision to get into coaching like how how did that make how did your decision come to that like did you have options to play overseas professionally yeah. or NBA yeah you know what you know I was you know me growing up I got one of my best friends in the business is his name is Joshua Jones um, he's actually an assistant at West Illinois and, uh, you know, we're like brothers. And, we, you know, growing up, we always felt like we were going to be uh, coaches. Um, but, uh, you know, I felt like we probably wanted to be coaches then. But you don't really start to think about that stuff until middle to end of your college career is when I think most guys start to figure out um, what they want to do. And obviously coaching was in my mind. I did have some overseas offers uh, that, you know, I uh, could have gotten involved with. Um, There's some NBA workouts that I also could have got involved with that I turned down because I wanted to get the coaching. Yeah. So I took a leap of faith. I knew that it would be better for me to get into coaching and do my grunt years early, meaning like the GA, the you know the stuff that most people are not willing to do, the you know the the stuff the stuff that gets you into the business and gets you started. I knew it was best for me to do that early on, rather than going playing for a few years or whatever. And then coming back at the age that I am now, which is, you know, 30 or, you know, maybe a little bit earlier, and I want to get into coaching. I may have a family. I may have a wife. I may have kids I'm getting ready to have. And that would be harder. Yeah. You know, um, you know, if I – or if I got into it early, if I get into it, I work my way up to where now I'm, I'm at, I'm, you know, I'm solidified in the role as an assistant coach um, and, and, and things are taken care of and I'm not – stressing over, you know, whatever's going to happen next, you know. So, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of guys – and a lot of guys as, as players, you don't think about those things as much as they should as you, as you, as you get done with ball. Because think about it, you know, most of our college basketball players now, you've been playing basketball for your whole life. So, you don't think too much about, you know, you tr- we, we try to tell our guys about it and people – Parents and stuff, and, and family members trying to tell their, uh, their, their, you know, their sons or daughters about it, or family member about it. But you don't truly understand it until after you get done, and that ball is literally is done bouncing. Um, so, so that's something that's always something that I thought about, and it kind of worked out for me that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like I mean that's actually a really good point of view too. It's like a lot of people don't understand until that ball stops bouncing that I like people don't understand like you know where to come from or what what to do until you're in that position um and then you went 
into a graduate manager position with um, Illinois basketball, men's basketball? Yes. And you, how did, is that because of your head coach at Ohio got, had gotten a position there and you had followed them there? Uh, yes. Yep. That always, you know, uh, he, uh, obviously he was coaching there. So he allowed me to hire me as a GA. Yes. And what was that experience like working for, you know, uh, you know, going into another big 10 school and work at Illinois and working for him? <laughs> uh, it was a good experience for me. You know, I think as players, you don't, you know, you don't truly understand what goes into it until you actually work, you know, in an office setting as far as the amount of preparation that goes into a practice or game or doing whatever involved, you know, with what we're doing. Um, you don't truly understand until you're actually working in the office, you know, because you don't – the only time you show up at the gym or for practice and for games for the most part, you're not in the office other than that. You know, you may pop in there and there, but – you know, we're in the office. It's a full-time job where you're, you're in there working and recruiting and preparation, practice, and game-wise, and scouting and doing whatever you're doing. So, obviously, it was it was a good experience for me to get in the door and to um, understand what really goes into it. And what was, like, you know, I heard, you know, some guys who have gone from coaching, you know, from playing to coaching, you know. Did you find it, like, a hard tr- transition to, like, you know, coach players that, um, you know, are at the college level that, like, you know, is it hard to coach them and try to get in that mindset of coaching as well? Um, you know what? You know what? I, I think if 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 you are truly made and 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 most guys that get into coaching have some type of leadership abilities to them already, then no, I think it comes pretty naturally and easy. Um, for guys who haven't necessarily been leaders on the team. I think it's more harder for those guys because they don't have that natural leadership ability. But most most guys, you'll find that most guys and most players that get into coaching, they have that natural leadership ability because most guys were captains or most guys were the quote unquote, the, you know, the toughest guys or the leader, you know, the captains on the team, and they kind of understand how to be that extra coach on the floor. Um, so to answer your question, that that you know, I think it's all dependent on who you are as a who you were as a player. I think for certain guys, certain my teammates, it would be hard for them. Certain, you know, other of my teammates, I would say it'd be more, it'd be, it'd be easy, more, more easy for them. You know, so I think it depends on the, the person, the type of player they were and how they handled themselves uh, when they were players. That, that's a very good point. I actually never have uh, heard it from that. I've heard sometimes it's a little more difficult for guys because they, like, they struggle because I think they want to, I think there's some, they think there was some dog left in the fight or they still want to play or try to show them in a distance, a little difficult uh, transaction transition for them. But that's a really good point. I never really had thought about that before. Yeah. Um, and you know, what was it like, um, you know, when you're at Illinois, you are, you're a video coordinator, um, you're scouting opponents. Like what's it like putting those videos together uh, and being like a position, like, you know, looking at those videos and putting them together for the players? Uh, you know what? It's, 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 uh, it, it's nice to do. Um, not very hard. Um, obviously, if you know the game and been around the game for a while and work for the right people, um, you obviously get used to breaking down film and, um, and, and knowing what you're looking at. But it's – but more, more – you know, mostly the – Mostly all the teams and 
coaches that I've been around, it's, it's more about it's more about you and yourself and what you're doing, what the team's doing to get better than than more so than the opponent. You think about it, you can't in, in scouting. You can only change so much. You can you you're going to be you're going you're going to do what you do as far as uh, as far as a a playing standpoint. You're not you're not changing too much of who you are, mm. you know, because you you don't want to get outside yourself and want to, you know. So so obviously it's nice to be able to break down stuff and break down opponents and get tendencies. But you know, for the most part, you're gonna each team, each you know, um, each program is gonna pretty much do what they do. They're not gonna adjust a lot. You may make minor adjustments, but you know, it's more so gonna be about uh, yourself and what your team is doing more so than the opponent. That's very, that's very interesting. Actually, this is, I'm actually, I'm thoroughly, as of like, at the, I'm like really thoroughly enjoying this interview because it's super interesting to get it, the insight of another, you know, another coach's perspective of their, of what they experienced and what they have. And this is really cool. I'm really enjoying this. Sorry. Yeah. Though I completely take yeah. it off topic, but this is uh, like, I have a big smile on my face just listening to you talk about like your experiences with, the um you know being like the scouting video and what you see and how you experience it and then like the other you know other teams are not going to change their game plan and everything like that yeah yeah teams will teams will adjust a little bit um but it's not you don't you're you're not gonna you're not gonna play man-to-man 90 percent of the year and then at the last game play 100% two three zone at the end of the year. Maybe some teams every every once in a while that may happen. You may see a team that's really really bad versus zone, so you decide to go zone, and you had to go you haven't go zone all year. But that's very very rare. My you know honestly my uh, being involved with multiple teams up to this point, it's very rare that you uh, switched up something that you haven't worked on all year. Mm-hmm. You know even though the opponent may be that may be you know what they struggle against, but you haven't worked on it. You know, so it's it's one of those things that nine times out of ten you're gonna do what you do and try to do it better. Mm-hmm. You may make minor adjustments, but it's not gonna be anything major. You know, uh, with certain you know with what you do. That's true. That's a very good point. And you know, for being a you know being a part of a big team team again, a Big Ten team. Sorry, um, again, what's it like just like coaching against those teams and reviewing scouting reports against those teams like a Michigan? Uh, you know, Ohio States or you know, Minnesota is like putting together game plans against those guys. And what are those like in conference games like? Uh, you know what? There's r- really no different than than in my level at, in the MAC. I mean, you obviously it, it's obviously better players, um, obviously more talented players at that level that you may you know come in you know come in, you know come in contact with as you know as far as going against them, but. Um, and it may, it's, it's obviously more national televised games as far as being on national TV. Yeah. But uh, other than those two things, it's, it's, it's not too much big of a difference. And obviously, those are two main things. Obviously, you know, being on national TV uh, can bring a new uh, another element to the game. And obviously, uh, playing against better players is, you know, uh, the, attention, the attention and detail has to be that much. Uh, obviously, be much more uh, – but really, it's not too much of a difference. Yeah. Oh. You still go through the same game plan and still do the same things that you would if you were whoever. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. And, then like, do you feel like that you guys, like, 
you guys play each other like twice a year. Do you feel like you everyone just knows each other's game at that point? Yeah, yeah. Generally in Mac play and conference play or whatever conference you're in, you 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 know, you're gonna have a, a familiar you know, be familiar with the team that you play all the time. It just that's just natural. Like you you know certain tendencies. Obviously some coaches that went went against some cultures for years. Um, so you obviously you get familiar with it and and and, and with that, you know, that's where that's why scouting is like you know, by the time you get to the end of the year between, you know, the conference play and conference championship time, everybody knows everybody. You know every, what everybody's doing. You know their favorite play. You know whatever. So it comes down to can your best players make plays? That's what it comes down to. Are your better players better than their better players? And is your team going to play better, better than their team as far as the little details? Um, so, that you know, that's what I've taken from it as, you know, my, my, my years of being in coaching so far. Yeah, that, that's 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 a very good point as well too. It's you know, you guys you guys are gonna see each other a bunch, and you just like you said, is it whose players are gonna make the biggest plays or make the plays to uh, to separate themselves from the others? Yep. Um, and what was your so what ended up? How did you end up at Ball State University uh, for directors of basketball operations? Um, uh, I, I had a I knew I knew uh, obviously somebody that was working on staff. Um, I was. I obviously knew him for um, for a little bit of time, and he, when the position came open, I was able to get myself involved in the spot and end up working out where I can get the position. And like, how important is it to get like a position like that? You know, it's your first position besides the GA position, like uh, working in basketball operations. How big is that? Uh, it, uh, you know, it's huge. I, th- I think anytime you can get into a situation where you uh, where you have been a GA, you've been a, you know, you've been a video guy or you've been an ops guy and you're assistant, you, you understand what goes into the position. So, you know, when you get your head job, you will know kind of how to delegate or how to, how this certain position works so you can help that individual when you become a head coach someday. Um, so, you know, that, that it gives you a, a broader, um, you know, knowledge of understanding what goes into it. Because some guys, some head coaches have never been ops guys, you know, and they, you know, may not understand how it works or, you know, what goes into it as much. And I, I think it, anytime you have worked in or been in somebody else's shoes, that helps you in some way or other. Oh yeah, definitely. I think you, it comes from a better understanding too, as well as if a guy on your staff is an operations guy and you're a head coach and something happens that you completely understand the situation. Yep. Um, and then what was the transition like to uh, UT Chattanooga? Chattanooga? Uh, it was great. And obviously, that's my first uh, full-time assistant spot. And the only thing is, is changing to a full-time role as assistant-wise is obviously recruiting. Obviously, that's a, one of the biggest um, areas as far as being an assistant is uh, is recruiting. And um, it, it, it was well, yeah, you know, being that I work for good guys and I've been around people that, you know, kind of taught me as I got older, um, you know, hit, hit the ground running as far as uh, recruiting wise and it worked out for me. And uh, you did well to get, get some of the guys, young guys at, at uh, Chattanooga when I was there, but it, you know, it, it was a good experience for me uh, being my first assistant spot. What's it, what's it like recruiting for a mid-major um, like, 
am I allowed to ask this question? I don't know. I'm, like, what's it like recruiting? Like, you know, um, you know, the the kids to get them to come to like a mid major at like UT Chattanooga or University of Toledo. Well, you have to identify the right guys. Yeah. Obviously, you know, being at Toledo or Chattanooga, you know, um, you're not you, you're not recruiting Zion Williamson. You're not recruiting LeBron James. Like, you have to know who you're going after. Um, obviously, certain certain guys uh, may get better. Um, you know, so you might be recruiting a guy that may not be good right now, but could be your level, um, and he develops to to get to your level. Um, it may be some guys that are really, really good now that are getting a lot of high major attention um, that don't quite end up getting to that high major school. They don't offer them or whatever the case may be uh, to where they get that offer and they end up staying at your level. So it's it's a couple of things you have to look at. And obviously, it's a, you know, in this business right now, you got transfers, JUCOs you can recruit. So it's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of it depends on what your current roster looks like, what you need. Uh, how many scholarships do you have? Uh, what guys do you need more than others? So it's a lot, a lot, you know, who, who fits uh, your head coach's uh, coaching style, uh, who, who's the best fit with the team. Like, it's a lot of things that goes into it that a lot of people don't understand, but um, those are just some of the things. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, that's that's very true. And you, you at UT Chattanooga, you helped – um, you know, help them land one of the top 100 recruiting, class, uh, recruiting classes in 2018, which is a hell of a compliment for all your, your you know, your recruiting and you're able to get a four-star recruit for them as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy in this business. Um, you know, you, you try to recruit the best players you can um, and the best people you can. And even when you do that, it's no guarantee that they're going to be there uh, for a long time. You know, even some kids I recruited, uh, back in my last spot in Chattanooga, and I'm leaving uh, to take uh, to go to other schools, bigger schools. Um, you know, so um, even when you do you know, recruit guys, the job's not over until you uh, continue to coach them and, and get them better at your current spot. Do you like as a recruiting? Do you think it's like because of your, you know, you played and you've been recruited? Do you think that helps in the situation that you're able to help these kids, like explain to them what? you know, what, what they're coaching like and, like, how you guys are going to help them out and take care of them? Yeah, yeah, you explain. You obviously, anything that you, you, you're thinking of, that's exactly what we do. We try, we try to recruit them and talk to them about basketball, um, other things other than basketball, you, you know. Um, it all depends on the kid as well, you know, what their particular interest is, interest is and interests are and um, kind of what they're thinking as well. That that's that's awesome. I, I mean, I'm sure you're a great recruiter and a great coach, and you know, a great person. Um, what was the transition like to Toledo? What made you go to Toledo? Well, obviously, I'm from Indianapolis. My wife's from Chicago, um, so obviously, getting back closer to home was obviously a, a huge, uh, huge thing in deciding to you know come back closer to home, being around my family. Um, I can have Thanksgiving with my family because I'm a little bit closer. Um, and obviously, you know, being back in the back conference, which I played, um, it was also another thing that I wanted to do as well. Um, so, and then you start thinking about, you know, and, and obviously I, I love, you know, my time at Chattanooga uh, when I was there. And, I, you know, it was a great league to play in, uh, to start off in. But you look at the MAC conference, I think the MAC conference is one of the better mid-major conferences in the country. 
And I, you know, I really believe that, you know, the MAC doesn't get the credit it deserves as far as being a really, really good conference. Uh, being on, being, we only get one team usually in a tournament. Uh, but, but I obviously, you know, you know, being that the MAC, I believe the MAC is, is one of the best, you know, conferences, uh, in the country. Um, that obviously helps um, make the decision a little bit easier as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and like you said, I said, you know, I think uh, being closer to home it definitely plays a big part into it. Obviously, and then you know, and as playing in the MAC, you know, the MAC's one of the better mid-major conferences in the country. It definitely plays into it. And being part of a, a school like Toledo, I'm sure that you're trying to help them put them on the spot. Yes. Yes. And, and, and how would you, I know we talked a little bit before and like, you know, like how, um, how's your guys season going so far? You guys are sitting at four and two, um, you know, played a very good game against Notre Dame, which is a good sign, you know, playing against a, a pretty big name school. I mean, how's your season going so far in your mind? It's going well. Obviously it's a long season. The season's just getting started. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you're still, most, you know, most head coaches and staffs and programs are still trying to get familiar with their team um, as far as, you know, how they're going to play um, against certain teams and certain competitions. And um, we're still learning about our team. You know, I, I think we're really good. Um, we got to stay healthy, not the one. Um, but I think we're off to a great start. And obviously, you know, we got a week off until Oakland, but we got to continue to – this time you want to continue to get better and better. Um, stay healthy and continue to get better and better and, um, and, and be humble. And, um, and if you, if you can do that, you can stay healthy and you can get better and better. And you feel, I feel really good about, about the team and what we can do. Yeah. It looks like you guys can make one hell of a, a splash and a run in the Mac. I mean, you're off to a great start. I mean, you gave, uh, as I mentioned before, and we talked about before, a, a great Notre, a, a well-known and a great Notre Dame team, a hell of a run. Uh, you know, you know, tough game on, you know, last week, but you guys still were able to hang in with them and take them to overtime. And that says a lot about your squad and about you guys and how tough you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And obviously anytime you go into that type of environment and play well, um, you feel good about your team um, in, in the league. So um, that's something that we have to learn from, like I said before, uh, get better, uh, get better from and continue to get better and, um, and, and by doing so, um, you know, figure out what, you know, figure out what we can do in the Mac. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think you guys are going to be a great team in the Mac and, you know, um, uh, watching, uh, I have to pay, watch more games of you guys. And obviously now a bigger, bigger fan of you guys and you coach, obviously of Toledo. I'll have to get some Toledo gear and start wrapping it out here in Rhode Island. Yeah. Let's see, we'll see, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, all right, coach, I got appreciate, one more question. Appreciate, appreciate it. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you, too. I honestly appreciate you making time and um, having me on. I know you guys are in the busiest time of your season, um, you know, and right in the middle of basketball season. So um, just I was excited that we were able to get in contact to make this work. Yeah, no problem. Um, all right, Coach, I got one more question for you before we wrap it up. Are you a uh, football fan? Uh, yeah, I'm a football fan. Yep. Who's your, who's your favorite team in the NFL? Uh, I'm from Indianapolis, so the Indianapolis Colts. Uh -huh. so we're, we're, we're just okay right now. We're in the mix. We're not out of the mix, but we're in the mix, but we're just okay right now. 
Yeah, you guys are doing pretty well. I mean, for losing Andrew Luck and, you know, you know, Jacoby Brissett's come in and done a good job of replacing him. Yeah, yeah. He's been okay. Yeah. Been okay. Been... Were you able to catch a game today at all? Uh, no, they didn't, they didn't play today. They played Thursday night. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. When, when they played. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, so I did. And I didn't get to catch that game because we had the Notre Dame game. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to get your team while you're, while you're coaching. <laughs> yep, yep, 100%. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, well, Coach, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, uh, you know, making time for me and um, coming on the Court Vision podcast. And re- I really appreciate you and everything that, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for Toledo's season. And I will be paying close attention to you guys and rooting for you guys. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and let me know if I can do anything in the future to help you. I appreciate it, Coach. I really appreciate that. Uh, All right. Coach Walter Alfit, I really appreciate you, Coach. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Okay. Take care. Enjoy the night. Thank you. You too. Bye.